Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold the Lamb of God. John chapter 1 and verse 36. I'd like to preach on the thought of a message, giving gospel directions. Giving gospel directions. Have you ever asked for directions or had to read directions in order to perform something or go somewhere? I got some directions here. If any of you have a cat, I have directions that I read on how to clean your cat. Okay, step one. Thoroughly clean the toilet. Step one. Step two. Add the required amount of shampoo to the toilet water and have both of the lids up. Step three. Obtain the cat. Soothe the cat while you carry the cat towards the toilet. In one smooth movement, this is the most important part, put the cat in the toilet, close both lids. You may need to stand on the lid so that the cat cannot escape. Caution, this is very important. Do not get any part of your body too close to the lid as the paws will be reaching out to find something to claw. Flush the toilet three or four times. This provides a power wash and rinse. Don't worry, the cat will self-agitate. I found this to be quite effective. Step six. So preacher, is this real? No, it's a joke. Have someone open the door to the outside and ensure that there are no people between the toilet and the door. Step seven, stand behind the toilet as far as you can and quickly lift both lids. Step eight, the now clean cat will rock it out of the toilet and run outside where he will dry himself. And then it says, sincerely, the dog. <laughs> no cats were harmed in the telling of this joke, okay? John the Baptist also gives us some direction in John chapter one and verse six, 36. He said, he, he looked upon Jesus as he walked, and I can imagine him pointing his finger. And he saith, behold, look, there is the Lamb of God. Have you ever needed directions? And uh, why would you need directions anyway? Well, first of all, maybe you wanted to go a place that you haven't been before. Maybe you want to know how to do something. And then perhaps have you seen someone that they're just plain lost. Maybe you saw them at Walmart and they don't know what they're, they're just kind of wandering around and, and uh, they're just lost. They need some direction. Uh, the first thing that we'd like to look at today in giving gospel direction. The first thing before you give directions, you know what you need to do? You need to find out where you're going first. You need to be there. You need to have gone there. You need to get directions. 
So before we give any gospel directions, it makes sense that we know where we're going first. Now, you don't think someone would give someone directions if they didn't know where they were going. Now, we have a lot of cultures represented here. So I won't say the culture that this corresponds to, okay? But there are different places that you could go in this world. And if you ask someone directions and they don't know where the place is, do you know what? They will give you detailed directions anyway. Why? Because they're embarrassed to not be able to tell you something. So they'll just go left, go right, uh uh-huh, right, left, and you'll wind up completely lost. But because they want to not be offended that they don't know where the place is, and maybe that's your home country, but, uh, but you know what? We've probably all done that here. Then we just think we know where we're going, and then we run out of gas. That's why they sell maps at gas stations. So you can get gas and buy a map at the same time. But also sometimes people, we feel bad if we don't know something or haven't done something. And I was in the military, I was in the Marines. And so if I see someone with a Marine shirt, Marines hat, one of the first things I ask is, hey, were you in the Marines? And invariably, someone will say, yes. And almost invariably, someone will, I say, what did you do in the Marines? And they'll say, you know what they say, everyone I meet. Recon. It's like everyone in the Navy, Navy SEAL. Like, really? But anyway, it just seems that way. That's like the most elite part of the Marine Corps. There's not that many of them. So, plainly not believing some folks, I ask a few questions. Now, in the Marine Corps, you go to boot camp and you're assigned a platoon number. So I'll ask them, what was your platoon number? Where'd you go to boot camp? And sometimes there's only two boot camps in the Marines. There's Paris Island, South Carolina, and then there's the other place. <laughs> there's a rivalry there. Can you guess where I went? But <laughs> San Diego is out in, in Southern California, okay? MCRD, uh, Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego. So there's two places you can go to boot camp. That's it. So if someone tells me Ohio or someone tells me South Dakota, they ain't been in the Marine Corps. And I asked one man, I think I was with Reverend Patterson, we were buying something or something like that, like something used, and I don't know, we were probably transporting it together, and this guy maybe had a hat or a shirt, and I said, you know, I asked him, I doubted his sincerity, so I asked him, what battalion were you in in boot camp? And you know what he told me? He told me 4th Battalion. Now, say, well, preacher, that's meaningless. Well, there are three battalions in Paris Island in boot camp, and they're made up of men, okay? The 4th Battalion... (laughs) is an all-female battalion. And he, so, I didn't out him, I didn't say anything, but I realized, have you ever talked to someone and they've never been there before? He was not in 4th Battalion, okay? It was all girls. Well, you see, sometimes we like to give directions, although we haven't been there before, and I'm sure I've probably done it too. You try to make yourself something that you're not. And, but, but we read in the Bible that, first of all, John the Baptist, he also needed some directions. You see, John the Baptist, it says, and what was John the Baptist's job description? So John the Baptist's job description, we can read in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah said in chapter 40, in verse 3, it said, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. 
And, you know, that's kind of like Alexa or, you know, you're, you're driving and it's just a voice, right? You say, well, what's a voice do? That's what we all do with our phones. You're just driving and you hear a voice, turn left. Make a legal U-turn if you miss, right? But we find a voice that guides us. And he said this voice it was to prepare the way of the Lord, to make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And then it says this, and maybe you've read this before and wonder what it means. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked, that means not morally crooked necessarily, but it means that the crooked, you know, the path that's going back and forth shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord had spoken. Now that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, the, the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 22, Then said they unto him, these religious people were speaking to John the Baptist, and they said, Who art thou? Who are you? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? You know what John said? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah, which is another way to translate Isaiah. Now, what that means, it was a custom in the east. If you needed uh, a king to travel from one place to the next place, they would send a building crew ahead of the king. And you know what the building crew is the building crew was to clear the thorns and the brambles. And uh, if there was a river, they would make a bridge. And that if something was low, like a valley, they would fill it up with rocks and dirt. And if there was a hill that was in the way, they'd just knock it down. So that when the king came, the king could just walk on through. And spiritually, that's what John the Baptist's job description was. It was to tear out all the brambles, and it was to present Jesus Christ so that when Jesus came, people would recognize him, so that people could get to him. And you know that God does these things. He gives us directions first. So John the Baptist didn't know who Jesus was. Did you know that? So how did he know? He got directions. John chapter 1 and verse 30, it says, This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not. That's what John the Baptist said. I didn't know who Jesus was. But that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode upon him and I knew him not but he that sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So he didn't know who Jesus was. The Father said, hey, the one who Jesus is, is when the Spirit comes down and the Spirit abides on him, 
That's who Jesus is. You see, they didn't have name tags and they didn't have a Facebook profile. And all the guys had beards so, and all the guys kind of dressed the same. So you wouldn't be able to pick Jesus out of a crowd. But the father said, this is the one that's Jesus. The one who has the spirit of God descend upon him. And then when John was baptizing him, it actually happened that the Spirit came down from heaven and abode on Jesus. And there was a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And John's like, That's Jesus. Now I know who we're talking about. The Bible says, And looking upon Jesus as He walked in our Bible Scripture, He said, Now there is the Lamb of God. That's Jesus. You know, when you get instruction and it's cleared up, you know, it's an amazing thing. Once you get directions and you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, you know what I'm talking about? You've been there, done that. Hey, you got the t-shirt, right? But people have been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Brethren, you can give directions. You know, there's people that uh, they haven't uh, experienced something and they like to give you, you know, like just... uh, Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm 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 in. I'm that. I'm this. But then there's people that got it. There's people that have been there. Have you ever talked to someone and they've been there, and they've done that, and they've got the T-shirt? I remember I talked to one fella, and uh, you know you ask people, "Are you Christian?" And some people are like, "Yeah," this and that. And then there's other people when they answer. They answer like they've been there. And I remember there was a, I don't know if he was Russian or Ukrainian. Those are two different countries. We're finding that out, right? <laughs> it's like, preacher, I can't even find Afghanistan on the map. And we've been at war there like 20 years, right? Where is Iran, right? But this man was either from the Ru- Russia or Ukraine. And, and, I, and I recognized his accent. And I said, hey, I said, are you a Christian? And you know what some people say? Yes, or I go to church. Or they tell you where they go to church. But you know what he said? He said, yes, praise God. And I was like, oh, we're about to get started. And again, he began to get excited about God. And he began to tell me, you know, when I was younger, I remember, I don't remember exactly what he said. And if you can't understand my accent, I love accents. He said, I was, I was really sick. And I told God, if you heal me, I will serve you. And you know what? He said, God healed him. And then he began to serve God. And then he invited me to church. I was in Bible school before I invited him to my church. You know that he got excited and there was a reality in God to him and you could kind of feel it coming off of him. There was a change that happened in his life. You see, when you get to Jesus, a change will happen in your life. Preacher, what's going to change? Everything's going to change. Anything can change. You know, when you come to give your life to Jesus Christ, it's just like, preacher, I, I, uh, uh, God's dealing with my heart about this. And God's dealing with my heart about that. And God's dealing with my heart about this. It sounds like you got saved. Because when God begins to deal with your heart about everything, it's a chance that you got to Jesus. Because it said, if any man be in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. There was a, a, a lady that, uh, you know, she had gotten saved and God began to deal with her about a relationship. And uh, she went and told her boyfriend because her boyfriend didn't want to get married. And she said, uh, she said, well, 
I'd rather go to heaven without you than to hell with you. You know that I'm thankful that when God says, preacher, but God will deal with you. He'll deal with you about everything. He'll deal with you about what you say, what you look, what you, where you look, what you put in your body. Why? Because God is concerned with every little part of your life. But you see, when Jesus comes in, a newness of life comes into your body. A newness of life comes into your heart. And you are excited about what God is doing. You know, it's like being a little kid kid. You never know what's going to happen that day. You never know what God's going to do with you about that day. I'm thankful that when God comes into your life and someone gives you the directions to Jesus, and you know what? I became a Christian because someone gave me clear directions to Jesus Christ. And clear directions to Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God. First of all, he's the Lamb of God. The Bible says in another place in John chapter 1, he takes away the sin of the world. You know, as a, as a, as a Christian... And as a preacher, we're not trying to influence people to follow a man. We're not trying to influence people to follow a personality. Or maybe you came to church and and, and maybe you saw that it said a name of a church over the door. A name of the church or a man, they can't take you to heaven. And I wish they could. And we're not here to get you baptized in water because being baptized in water is a work. And man is not saved by works. The Bible said we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so when someone gives you clear directions, say, preacher, give me clear gospel directions to Jesus. Well, we have to lift up what the Lamb of God is. We behold the Lamb of God. Jesus said, I, even I, if I be lifted up, which means he was talking about his crucifixion. He said, I will draw all men unto me. And really what we need in our life, more than anything, because we need to walk with God. And I like this. It said he saw Jesus as he did what? Jesus walked. You know, if you really want to get your life on the move, get Jesus in your life. He will get you unstuck. You know, have you ever been mudding? And then you go mudding, and you, I don't care how big the treads are on your tires, okay? Well, I got these tires, and they got like six inches, okay? Well, great. There's more mud than six inches. And you can get out. I remember there was a, a place off Commonwealth, and uh, I used to work at an insulation company. And these guys would go across the street and go mudding because we're from the south, right? And so you know where that place is? Oh, right there? Okay, yeah, okay. So they would go, and it would rain, and they would go in there, and then invariably what would happen? They'd stay there. I mean, they would get stuck in the mud. And so I remember my friend, I think it was his brother. I think it was um, Brent's brother. I think so. He had this little pickup truck. And so we walked out there and literally had to like pick it up. It was like a little Nissan or something. We had to like pick it up out of the mud and kind of rock it out of the mud. These things you do in the South, right? Because it doesn't matter how much tread you have. It's going to fill up with mud. You need someone to pick you up. You need someone to lift you out of that miry clay. And when Jesus comes, he doesn't just come and sprinkle water on you. He picks you up all dirty, just like you are. But he lifts you up out of that condition. And he sets your feet on solid ground. So you can begin to move in a direction that you want to. I'm thankful that when someone showed me Jesus, they said, if you want a life change, then you have to give your whole life to God. And God can take everything that you give him. And God can make you new. The Bible says 
In Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, it was because we could not die. It's because when Adam sinned, he brought sin upon all men. And when Jesus died, he paid the price for sin because he was born of a virgin. And he didn't have the same sin that was passed down. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, Jesus couldn't have forgiven us of our sin. He had to be virgin born. It's a biology lesson, right? The egg comes from the woman. There's no birthing person, okay? It's a woman. A woman is the only one that can give birth. I don't care what emojis say, okay? And the men provide the seed or the Greek sperma. And man, when he sinned, the sperma came down and spread that uh, character of sin into all men. So Jesus had to be born not of man, but of God. So the egg came from the woman and the seed came from the Holy Ghost. So a preacher, did, did Mary have sex with God? No, she was a virgin. It was a spiritual work. But Jesus Christ had no sin from Adam. And he lived his life without sin. He walked without sin. He talked without sin. He conducted himself with the members of the opposite sex without sin. You know that they say, well, all these people are dirty. You know that not everybody's a Christian, but everybody that's a Christian is going to start living like a Christian. Now, I'm thankful that when I got saved, God gave me some time. Aren't you thankful that God gave you some time? I wasn't like perfect overnight. If you, if you ask my wife, I'm not perfect now. In fact, I was talking to my wife last night. I'm like, honey, you know, rate me for today. You know, you know, five stars kind of thing. And she was like, well, and I'm like, oh, here it comes, right? Your wife will give you the scoop, right? So I got the scoop and she was telling me, you need, you know, just in love. I asked her, okay? And I think if you have a wife, you know, you have a marriage quality detection kit. Everyone has one in their house. <gasps> really, preacher? Is it behind my cranium game? You know, where is it? Is it, on, is it an app on my phone? Where is my marriage quality detection kit? Ha ha, let me tell you, it's your spouse. <laughs> so if you say, well, my marriage is a, a 10, the best and one the worst, right? How do I know? Well, preacher, I think mine's an eight. Well, ask your spouse. <laughs> You know, they might rate it a little bit differently, right? But I'm thankful for my wife, so she keeps me, she keeps me going straight. And you know that uh, I'm thankful. Uh, my pastor, he would say to his wife, he would say, how am I doing? How am I doing? To his wife. And his wife, Pastor Olson's wife, would, uh, you know, kind of say, hey, you're doing great. And encourage him in different things. We need some encouragement, don't we? Well, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He's the only one that could have done it. And it said, And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Say, preacher, I, I thought I had to get baptized and join the church and give some money. No. In fact, none of those things will get you, get you saved. But I need to fast. That won't get you saved. I need to be a righteous person. That won't get you saved. You know, I tried to do that. Try to be a good person. Or try to give carbon credits. Spiritual carbon credits. You know what carbon credits are? You can have a private jet. You just have to pay for all of the carbon. And you offset. They're called carbon offsets. So you pay for your bad behavior, right? That's what I used to do. Like go really be really bad and then try to overdo it with good. That's not what God wants you to do. He wants you to confess his son. 
And Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. The only way to become a Christian and the only way to get a new life is to allow Christ to come into your life. And the Bible says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, that's what God is looking for. Confession is made unto salvation. You see, when John pointed out Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, it says he was walking with two disciples. Two disciples were walking with John the Baptist. One of them, we know the name. His name was Andrew. So Andrew got these directions and it said he quit following John and it says the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. You know, the purpose of a preacher and the purpose of a Christian is to get someone to follow Jesus. Have you ever seen that that sticker? Oh, look, that's free right there. Have you ever seen a sticker that says on the back of someone's car, are you following Jesus this close? You know, because they don't like you tailgating. I like another car as bumper sticker. I love bumper stickers, right? It said, follow me. And then it lists the name of the church. It said, you know, like on Sunday, follow this car. And it gives the name of the church. I'm like, man, that's an invitation, right? But you better make sure you go to church because otherwise they'll wind up at Walmart. And you're like, hey, you have church at Walmart? No, no, no. I'm going to church. Maybe I haven't been for a while. This is my uh, cousin's car, you know. But when people look, they look for a clear direction so they can follow someone. And the Bible said after John said, that's the Lamb of God, they stopped following John and started following Jesus. Like a pastor, a pastor named Pastor Jones said, we only want you to pay attention to us just so we can get your attention and point you to him. We want to point you to a God who loves you, a God who cares about you, and a God that can transform your life. The last thing the Bible says, after you get directions, you can give directions. But then after you get directions and find out for yourself where Jesus is, you can repeat the process. You can repeat the process. So notice what happened just a few verses after John chapter 1 and verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Say, preacher, who's Andrew? One of the 12 disciples. I never heard of him. Let's see if you heard of his brother. Simon Peter's brother. I think most of us have heard of Peter. The guy that walked on the water. The guy that did everything wrong and then everything right. You know, he just, he was awesome. He is awesome. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, another name for Peter, and saith unto him, we have found the Messiah. The Messiah, the word Messiah, means anointed. It's the same word as Christ. Christ means anointed. And so, preacher, what does that mean? Well, they would anoint a king. They would, they would anoint him usually with oil. But it was also symbolic that he was a king and that he had the power, the anointing of the Spirit of God. So they called him the Messiah, which is the Christ. He's the King. He's the Lord. And the Bible says in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. Isn't that amazing that he got that directions and he went and found one of his relatives. He's like, man, Peter, you need to get saved. You ever thought about that? Man, that person needs to get saved. I remember when there was a single brother, he wasn't married and he saw this pretty girl and maybe she was at the mall. I remember the fellow's name too. 
And he goes, oh, that girl needs to get saved. <laughs> what he meant was he wanted her to become a Christian so he can make a move on her. But you know what? I'm thankful that God, you know what? Men are like that, okay? But I'm thankful that God, and he never married her. He married someone else. I don't, maybe the girl didn't get saved. <laughs> hey, that's how people think, okay? But after he got to Jesus, he realized I can go with somebody else. And if it worked for me, if my life changed, I'll have confidence that it will work for somebody else. Let me tell you, I gave my life to Jesus. My life changed. And I have confidence that when we come to Jesus, and you know, if you, uh, if you need something, you, you have to, get, you have to, you ever made a puzzle? You have to give all the pieces, right? Don't get the yard sale puzzle, you know, with the five missing pieces, right? And said, preacher, but that part's too hard to give to God, or this part's too hard to give, you know, give God all the pieces, God can put the puzzle together. And God's the only one, it's more than a thousand pieces. Have you ever built like the sky or something like that, and it's all this blue, and you're like, it all looks the same, but God knows where all the pieces go. And when we give our life to Jesus, God can put all the pieces in the right place. I'm going to close with this, but when uh, we were in a church conference, this is 20 years ago, give or take, right? In, in Missouri. And there was a guy broke down on the side of the road, so we took him back to his house. Now, 20 years ago means no smartphones, okay? 20 years ago means those Tom Toms or those, what are those little like Garmin? And what was, I think there's another one too. What? Magellan, Garmin, Tom Tom. I'm trying to remember which one I had. I think there might even been another one. Well, if they don't have any coverage though, any satellite coverage, which I don't think we did. So we were out in the boonies in Missouri and it's like country road, take me home, kind of from John Denver. It's just out there. So we took the guy home and uh, dropped him off at his house. And we said we were going to Mexico, Missouri. If we could make it to Mexico, we could get reception and everything. And so he said, man, how do you get to Mexico, Missouri? We need some directions. And he said, you go out here, you take a, take a left. And then he said, it's 22 curves. Now he didn't say turn left, turn right, but he said, you stay on the same road and you know their country when they say count the curves, right? So he said, 22 curves to Mexico. And so we went out, took a left, and for giggles, I guess, my wife started counting curves. And I guess you don't know, that's country when you measure it in curves, right? So we counted the curve, and we counted the curve, and we counted 22. But we weren't in Mexico yet. And my wife's like, the guy was wrong. And we saw the 23rd curve coming up, but guess what? There was that sign. <laughs> Welcome to Mexico. The man was dead on. Why? He had been there before many times. So he knew how to give clear directions. And guess what? He got us safely to Mexico. But you know that with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to give you some clear gospel directions. And I want to quote John the Baptist from the word of God. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb of God. Have you tried to fix things yourself and it didn't work? And if you tried to do it yourself and you don't have enough power, let me tell you, I've done the whole, I've done it all. I faked it. I've tried to use works. I've done all things in my past. But in 
came to a point where I realized I hadn't changed. I was still in need of something. And then I got some clear gospel directions from a gospel preacher named Pastor Madrano. And I don't remember one word he said. I don't remember one word he said. But the Spirit of God began to deal with my heart. I need Jesus in my life. <laughs> and at the end of that church service, I gave my life to Jesus. Let me tell you, I went back to my barracks room. I was in the military and everything was changed in me. I began to clean my barracks room out. I began to, God began to deal with me about my mouth. It wasn't man, it was God. It was Christ that had come into my life. And it's never too late. I said, preacher, but I got off road and I got stuck in the mud. You know, just like David called on the Lord to lift him out of the miry clay, we can get back on the road and Jesus will lift us up out of that mud and he'll stick us back and he'll power wash us, not just the outside, but the underside and the inside. And he'll get the water out of the spark plugs. God will do it all. He said, preacher, what do I need to do? All you need to do is let that name of Jesus come out of your mouth. A Jesus that rose from the dead. A Jesus that lived a life without sin. A Jesus that's knocking on the door of your heart right now. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need you in my life. And if you pray that prayer, that's all God's looking for. God will do the rest. Those are some directions. Let's find a place to pray. Have your way, God, in our hearts, in our lives. These altars are open. An altar is simply a meeting place. A meeting place with God to say, God, I need to talk to you about something. God, I need to give you something. I need to lay down a burden. And God will meet you there. So, preacher, I just want to pray where I am. God can hear you from where you are. God can hear a shout. And God can hear a whisper. And God will listen not to your just your words, but God will listen to your heart. And God can get you where you need to be.
You may pray as long as you like. God bless you is our prayer. We're thankful that you're here. It's a preacher, but you know what? Today, I today I uh, I, I rededicated my life, or I gave Jesus my life. And you know what? Today I'm a Christian preacher, and and I just realized what God did for me. Tell somebody. Tell somebody what God did for you. If whether you're a new Christian or you've been a Christian for many many moons, tell someone what God's done in your life. Someone asks. How your day is going, say, man, God's good. Just say something like that. Introduce God and throw him in there and just see what God does. God is faithful. He's a faithful God. And you know what? The Bible says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. God loves you. And God's got you. He's not going to let you go. God has got you. And you know what? Everything that you trust God with, my car, my relationships, God's got those too. Amen. And we need God with our cars. <laughs> we need God. Amen. God bless you is our sincere prayer. God loves you. At this time, uh, Brother Patterson. Oh, Brother Patterson. I'm going to let Brother pray because he prays for the food. So we got some some good, good is that cheesecake and something else. Apple pie. Oh, what's Mom, more American? What's more American than apple pie? We were talking about apple pie on the way to church. So, so Brother Velez, can you dismiss us and pray for the food? If you'd like some yummy food, and my neighbor made some chocolate, chocolate, chocolate cookies. Yum. No, there my daughter approved, and I will take, yeah, right, anyway, so, amen, amen. So God bless you is our prayer, and we got some waters as well if you want a bottle of water. God bless you, and would you dismiss us and pray for the food for the blessing. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this message you provided for us, Lord. We ask you, Father, to let it find a lodging place in our hearts, Lord, and we ask you to let, uh, let us pass it on to others and bring others to you, Lord. And we also ask, Father, that you bless this food and nourish it to our bodies. Feed all the hungry children across the world and all the homeless. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.